your opportunity to listen and learn from the most successful people driving growth and success in Palm Beach County and beyond. Welcome to the Business in Paradise Palm Beach podcast with Carrie Stamp, founder of Carrie Stamp and Company, Principled Wealth Advisors. Carrie and his guests share stories and insights from Palm Beach County's most successful executives, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Learn how they made it to where they are today, what principles guide them, how they mentor others to achieve success, and more. Hello, welcome to the Business in Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Gary Stamp, and I've got a guest today who's a guy that I've known for quite a period of time. Our guest is Tom Balling. Tom is the president and managing partner of TCI Rood. TCI Rood is a top-end landscaping and irrigation company based right here in Hope Sound, Florida, and they serve Martin and Palm Beach County, Florida, and as well as quite a few other places. Tom, welcome to the Business in Paradise podcast. Thank you, Kerry. Happy to be here. Hey, Tom, so tell us a little bit about Rood or TCI Rood and what the history of the company is, and eventually, how did you get involved with TCI Rood? Well, TCI Rood is an interesting combination. So it's uh, Treasure Coast Irrigation and Rood Landscape. And Rood Landscape is one of the first landscape companies born out of this area. Mr. Rood started the company back in 1946. And we have the honor and the privilege today of carrying on his legacy. And I'm sure I'll have the opportunity to talk a little bit more about that later. Treasure Coast Irrigation, much as you would imagine, is a irrigation company that started in 1996. And we had the opportunity to put those two companies together in 2007, hence the name TCI Rood. So, Tom, you've got crews that are literally all over Palm Beach and Martin County, and they do everything, as I understand it, from your maintenance type landscaping to new construction to installation. And what am I missing? Well, we are. I, one of the things that I hear all the time, and it's flattering, but it's also one of the things that keeps me up at night is I see your trucks everywhere. And uh, with over 100 trucks and almost 175 guys, we are pretty visible. To your point, landscape for Martin and Palm Beach County is a cradle-to-grave effort. Everything from receiving designs for new construction, and in the COVID area, obviously, so many people staying home and doing renovations to their home, to maintaining that installation. And on the irrigation side of the house, we are statewide having projects all over the state of Florida, as well as in the Virgin Islands and in the Caribbean. So we have quite a footprint on the, uh, what we call the wet side of the house. You know, you told me one time about a project that you did on the island of Nevis. And that happens to be a very special place for Sharon and I, because there's a hotel on Nevis of Four Seasons, which my wife thinks is absolutely spectacular. And at one time it was in like the top 10 resorts in the world. I don't know if it still is, but it really is a special place. It's a beautiful island and it's a just an amazing place just to go and chill out. There's nothing else to do other than chill out. What was your experience like there? I also couldn't agree more that Nevis is a very special place. And we've had the privilege of being part of a project of an 1800 acre plantation that was lost back in the 1950s. And a very special woman with uh, deep roots in the Nevis community has purchased this property. And if you've stayed at the Four Seasons, you've looked right at the volcano 
This property is right at the base of the volcano, and we've been there for three years. Uh, we've been prohibited from being there because of the COVID era, but we plan on being back there sometime late this summer or early fall. All right. So, Tom, TCI Rood or Rood Landscape is started in the 1940s. How did you get there? Well, that's an interesting story. My business partner, Scott Fay, had the opportunity for a large project that I was involved in in my prior life. And I brought Scott in as the primary subcontractor for a major irrigation renovation project. And the, the project went incredibly well. The customer was thrilled. We were thrilled. And Scott and I forged what I'll call a friendship at that point, friendship beyond a normal friendship. He was at a place in his career, well, I guess he would say that he had hit his lid, if you will, on his capacity to take the company to the next level and approached me about coming in as an employee. And I said, Scott, I love you. Uh, we had a great run here together, but I've got a perfectly good job. And I am, have no interest in leaving where I'm at to take a position with another firm. However, if you'd like to talk about a partnership, I would have a high interest in having that discussion. And of course, his initial inst instinct was, I don't do partnerships. This is ridiculous and uh, great talking to you. Three months later, he called me up and said, hey, you want to talk about this partnership? And the rest was history. In March of 2007, I joined uh, Treasure Coast Irrigation as a partner. And in June of 2007, we had the opportunity to buy Rude Landscape. And the rest has been sort of history. Well, we'll get back to that in just a second. But I want to ask you, Tom, when Scott and you were working together on that first project, what were you doing? What was your job then? I was the president of property management company. We had about 20,000 residential units under management. And that company was Seacrest Services. And one of our largest and most longstanding customers, Century Village of West Palm Beach, needed a irrigation retrofit in we just didn't have the expertise or the capacity. And I had the opportunity to reach out to Scott and bring his company in. And uh, that's how we got together. All right. So let's go back to 2007. You come in as a partner in the irrigation business. And then immediately after that partnership develops, Rude becomes available to you? It did. And I must tell you, coming out of Seacrest, we were a property management company, full service property management company. We had a building construction division, a painting operation, a landscape operation, uh, some irrigation and housekeeping. And the very last thing I wanted to hear when I had the opportunity to come on at Treasure Coast Irrigation was that, wow, we have the opportunity to be back in the landscape business. And I just said, Scott, the road rash hasn't even healed yet, but it turns out it was one of the best decisions that we ever made. So what was the status of Rude at that time? Was Mr. Rude still alive? Mr. Rude was still alive. He sold the company to the employees in a well-publicized Palm Beach County ESOP in the year 2000. And unfortunately, the company had an incredible depth of industry knowledge, but they really lacked on um, the business skills necessary to navigate that ESOP and ultimately put the company in a financial position where they were going to go bankrupt and gave us the opportunity to get involved. And for our listeners that don't know, an ESOP or ESOP is also known as an employee stock ownership plan. 
And it's essentially a situation in which the founders, generally the founders of a company, sell the assets or sell the stock of a company to a retirement plan, which is for the benefit of the employees. And the retirement plan makes payments back to the founder owner for the stock over a period of time. Of course, it's all dependent upon the company continuing to be profitable. And as we went through the financial crisis, it sounds like Rude was one of the companies that didn't navigate it as well as maybe some of the others. And quite frankly, people were not spending a lot of money on landscaping when they thought that the world and the stock market and the economy was going to collapse. Is that essentially what happened? Well, it was actually just before the Great Recession of 2008 or the financial collapse. But to give some perspective, when Mr. Rood sold the company to the employees in 2000, the valuation of the company was hovering right at $10 million. When we took the company over in 2007, they had an accounts payable of $330,000 and an accounts receivable of $26,000 and were out of cash. They were flat out busted. Wow. So you take this over, you've got, I think, maybe some key employees that stayed behind, maybe some equipment. Did they have a location at all? They did. That's an interesting story. For anybody that knows Palm Beach County, the Rude Nursery on County Line Road was a staple. It was a place to go and buy plants. Uh, Mr. Rude had educational opportunities for people to come and learn about our plants in this region. And as part of the inevitable collapse of Rude Landscape, that nursery was actually sold off to keep cash in the company to continue funding the daily operations. And that was a real, it was a real impact on the community. It was a real impact on the company. And it ultimately was the real beginning of the end. And so the nursery on County Line Road, I think I drive by it almost every single day, is how many acres? Like 15 acres? Like 15 acres. Sitting, sitting out there. And it's still not developed. It's not. So the last thing that I saw, and I don't know if this was going to come to fruition, was that there was probably a townhouse project going in there. I think at one point I saw an assisted living thing that uh, might have gone in there. But it's this great piece of property that's just sitting out there and uh, nothing has happened with it yet. Yeah, I don't know a lot of the details, but in today's day where property is so valuable and so hard to find, especially in an acreage like that, there's got to be some underlying conditions that are encumbering that property because it's just perfectly situated for any of the above. Yeah. So Tom, going back to that time, we're in 2007, you joined Scott, you guys put this whole thing together and you've bought Rude. Was it smooth sailing from there? Were there some experiences that you had to kind of navigate through to make this thing work? Wow. Smooth sailing. It could be anything but smooth sailing. But I'll tell you, a lot of who I am today and what I learned from 2007 to 2010 has really fortified who I am as a person, as a business owner, and quite frankly, as a husband. And I'll tell you more about that. So to put some perspective, when the farm on County Line Road was sold, the company purchased another piece of property, five acres, 5,000 square foot building out on Pratt Whitney Road. Now, you mentioned earlier that our customers are on Palm Beach Island, Jupiter Island, and mostly coastal high-end communities, yet they moved this facility 20 miles away and we're running on a shoestring. 
So when we got involved, one of the very first things that we realized after we said, what have we done, was that we had a $26,000 a month payment just on the first mortgage, the second mortgage, and the third mortgage that we took out to pay off the $330,000 in debt that was owed by the company. And out of no less than divine intervention, luck, whatever you want to call it, we owned the property for seven weeks. And I'll never forget the day or the time I get an unsolicited call from an unidentified person that says, hey, I'd really like to buy your property on Seminole Pratt Whitney Road. And I remember hanging up the phone. I immediately get a call back. My assistant answers the phone and she says, hey, this guy's serious. So I get back on the phone and I said, okay, if you're really serious, here's my email address, send me an offer. An hour later, I had an offer to buy the property from an unidentified, very discreet buyer who, when we looked at the offer, satisfied the first mortgage, the second mortgage, and the third mortgage. We closed in 45 days, or I promise you, I would not be sitting here today. Wow. So help me with the numbers again, because I was adding them up in my head and I couldn't get to what you were saying. You said you had a $26,000 a month liability, but the mortgage was only $300,000 or did I miss something? The accounts payable was $330,000. Okay. The mortgage on the property was about $900,000 and then we had to take a third mortgage. So the offer came in at $1.35 million and satisfied all of the debt and we moved the entire operation to our 15 acre facility in Hope Sound and I'll tell you, with 2008, none of us seen seen it coming. I promise you, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Right, because that property would have taken the entire company under. Completely. Okay. So fast forward today, just so that we can figure out who the mystery buyer was or maybe get some idea. Is there something that's on that property now? No, that was a strategic purchase and an assimilation attempt for Palm Beach Motorsport the motor speedway out there. Oh, really? And they did not want us to know who they were, that they were assimilating property in fears that we would have tried to manipulate the sale price. Ah, understood. But at least they made you a good offer and you were able to move on. So your facility right now is a very nice location. It's right off of Bridge Road, a little bit west of US Highway 1, probably three or four miles right to the I-95 exit out at Bridge Road in Hope Sound, Florida. How long has the facility or have you been located there? And was that part of TCI before you even bought Rude? It was. It was part of it. And my partner bought that building back in 2000. Okay. So you've got that facility. You said it's 15 acres. And then you guys are very entrepreneurial. I don't know if that comes as a result of you, as a result of Scott or the combination, but I think you even have a storage facility on that property where people can store their stuff, maybe even their boats or motorhomes and things like that. You've built a, another facility that uh, is for the incineration, I think, of uh, yard waste. Where do you come up with these ideas? And I think there's one more that you probably want to tell us about. So yes, entrepreneurialism is a disease, Carrie, as you well know, and Scott and I are both afflicted with it. So we have been able to utilize the facility up there 
for not only our own daily operations, but we have some warehouses that we lease out and we have about 90 tenants with boats and RVs on our secured storage facility up there. And as you mentioned, we do, we have an operation just a little bit west of town off Canner Highway in Stewart. We have a 40 acre facility out there. And it's something I'm really proud of. We were spending in round numbers about $300,000 a year taking yard waste to the local landfills. And we just racked our brains and tried to search the world, quite frankly, for a better solution. And out of happenstance, we stumbled across a company in Palm City called Air Curtain Burning Technology. And this is a global company that patented a process to incinerate a variety of different things, but mostly green debris, landscape trees, things of that nature. And the magic in their process is that it's completely smoke-free. And this baffle technology in this incinerator box, if you can picture a large dumpster container lined with a fire block driven with a 50 horsepower Kohler motor and a large fan pushing air down a baffle uh, the length of this box. The magic is that the air curtain prevents the particulates of smoke from escaping from the box. And quite frankly, particulates of smoke are nothing but unburned material that escapes into the atmosphere. Well, the air curtain forces this material back into a 2000 degree fire therefore creating a smoke-free operation where we can take all the potash that's created from the landscape material and reincorporate it back into our potting soils and our nursery operation without taking one cubic yard of landscape debris to the landfill, which if you look at some of the statistics, it's one of the largest impacts on a landfill is yard waste in comparison to household trash. So we're really, really proud of that. And uh, we were able to finance the purchase of the property and the air curtain with the savings that we made on not going to the landfill. And are you offering the service to other landscapers or are you just using your waste at this time? We're just doing ours at this time. Quite frankly, it's quite a competitive advantage. And we're looking at actually partnering with Martin County on some other facilities to relieve the Martin County landfill of this problem. And we've got a proven track record. So we're in talks with them right now about looking at some other locations to do this for either solid waste authority potentially or other landscape contractors in Martin County. Now, Tom, isn't there a trucking business in here also somewhere? There is. There is. We had the opportunity four years ago to purchase a uh, long, well-recognized company in Hope Sound, uh, Cantrell Trucking. Uh, Bob Cantrell was a, a local guy who did site clearing and demolition work and had a dumpster business. So he got to a point where he wanted to retire and move out of the area. And Scott, quite frankly, has a reputation for picking up companies and we always say we're not great at, at taking ideas and building new companies, but we're pretty good at taking companies that have issues and making them a lot better. And Bobby had just gotten to the point where he was tired and ready to move on. And it was a really, really nice horizontal clip on to our core business and really happy to have it. Wow. It sounds like everything kind of fits together very well as far as how you're able to integrate the different parts into the core business. Let me ask you this, because I've often heard it said that the only ship 
that doesn't sail is a partnership. And you and Scott seem to be able to manage this fairly well. I'm sure you have your days, but it seems like you guys can manage this fairly well. How do you divide the responsibilities between the two of you? Yeah, the partnership word. We've all heard the horror stories, right? I can tell you with the most confidence that I am blessed with our partnership. And I believe Scott would say the same thing. And people ask us all the time, well, how do you guys make it work? And I don't have a magic bullet for anyone, but I will tell you this, that we both are extremely driven. We both have our strengths and somehow, some way through complete transparency, through candid conversations and sometimes fierce conversations, we've been able to navigate our partnership in a way that we each understand the lane that we bring the greatest value to the partnership, the lane we bring the greatest value to the company and to our customers. And we are fiercely protective of not only the partnership, but the integrity of staying in that role and responsibility that benefits all of us. And you say, yeah, I'm sure we've had our moments. I can tell you in the 14 years we've been together, we have never had an, a serious argument. We've had fierce conversations, but we always have had the respect, utmost respect for each other, that there was something greater than whatever it was that we were fighting for. And I've always taken the position, if Scott is fighting this hard for this, what am I missing? I've got to ask more questions because I'm not seeing it the same way. And when you can put yourself in the vulnerable position to say, you know, I've made my point. Now I'm going to shut up and try to understand your point, what you'll actually hear. Yeah. So, do you have a regular routine for communication between the two of you? We do. Yeah. Even if we're traveling, we meet or talk every day. Wow. Now, if it is a decompression vacation and we all get to the point where we really need to offload, so to speak, we honor that. And there is no doubt that he or I could be gone a week or 10 days or even two weeks and the company wouldn't miss a beat. We talk every day about not so much tactical things, but strategic things. We're always trying to think with that strategic mindset. That's great. It's a very rare that you hear that type of a story. Two guys have been working together for almost 15 years now where they're able to communicate well and communicate every single day. Tom, I want to shift gears a little bit. We've talked about your business. I want to talk a little bit more about you and your background so that our listeners can really get to know Tom Balling. Let's just start with where are you from? Well, I'm from a little town outside of Buffalo, New York. It's situated, quite frankly, between Buffalo and Niagara Falls called North Tonawanda, New York. I always say it's an amazing place to be from. As you can imagine, being up in that general Buffalo area, I got out of here in, in 1984 and have never really looked back because uh, the winters up there are, even with the uh, climate change, are still no joke. So what was it like, a young person, you're growing up in upstate New York, what was it like? Well, it was really a pretty simple upbringing. My dad was a carpenter. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I have a brother and three sisters. 
all of which coincidentally are in the medical industry. I don't know exactly how I ended up on the business side of things, but they're all in the medical world. Went to private grade school and private high school at my dad's insistence. Being a staunch Catholic, he insisted that I went to a, a Catholic grade school and high school. And with five kids and working on a carpenter's salary, I certainly wanted to go to the local high school and, and experience maybe a different path, especially due to the fact that I had to work my summers to pay my own tuition Really, all, all through high school. That's right. Okay. And then how about college? Did we go to college beyond there? I did. I did two years at a community college up in a Niagara Community College in the Niagara Falls area. And coincidentally, I was going in the air conditioning and refrigeration route. As a young kid, you know, my dad's three brothers were all bricklayers. So every summer when I wasn't working at school to pay for my tuition, I was either mixing mortar for the uncles or carrying roof shingles up or doing labor work, if you will. But I'll tell you, at 10 bucks an hour, I had more cash in my pocket than most of my friends did. So in 1984, I was in my second year of uh, refrigeration school and just really realized that, you know, I watched my dad and my uncle's bodies just deteriorate from the labor associated with their particular trades. And I will tell you, they were all craftsmen, but I said, I think I'm going down the wrong path. And my aunt who lived in Boca Raton, Florida, reached out to me and said, hey, I know you're looking for a change. What do you think about coming down here and living with me for a year? And she worked for the USDA. And at that time, back in 1984, Citrus canker was a real problem throughout the state of Florida. So statewide, there was an initiative to identify, find, and destroy any trees, whether they were in someone's backyard or in a nursery that were affected or introduced to citrus canker. So I came down here, moved in with my aunt and uncle. He was an IBM executive in Boca Raton and sort of took me under his wing and introduced me to the concept of business and uh, the tech world and all those things that were developing. So one of the very first things I did is uh, I said, look, I want to look at this whole business thing and had the opportunity to get exposed to Palm Beach Atlantic University. At that time, it was Palm Beach Atlantic College. And as soon as I was able, I enrolled and finished my degree at Palm Beach Atlantic. Wow. Go sailfish. That's right. I forgot that was what they are, the sailfish. So at some point, uh, you're down here in Florida, you meet a young lady. I don't know if that's in Florida. Tell us about how that happened, because you were talking about being a husband and a father earlier. So this is one of the great stories of all time, especially for me. So when I was working with uh, USDA and the state of Florida on the Citrus Canker Project, I was 21 years old. And I had the opportunity to move from the Fort Lauderdale branch to the West Palm Beach branch. And they moved me up there to run the West Palm Beach operation with 70 employees. And I don't even know what I'm doing. But I have all of a sudden a personal assistant and a secretary. And this uh, young lady, Denise Drowdy, never forget her. She said, oh, my gosh, I've got a girl that you've got to meet. And I just told her, I, look, Denise, I have absolutely no interest in meeting one of your friends. You know, you're great. We're, I'm trying to find my way here. That 
almost exact moment in time, we really were short on employees to do this yard inspection throughout uh, Palm Beach County. And I started going through some of the ID badges of some of the employees that left to see if we could reach back out to them to rehire them. And I pulled this card of this woman, this girl, and I said, call her. And Denise says, you idiot, that's the friend I've been trying to get you to meet. And the rest is history. So you called her because you wanted to offer her a job so that she would come back to work. I called her because her picture was beautiful, Carrie. Oh, that's why you called her. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So her name is Rhonda. It right? is. And you and Rhonda have been married for how long, Tom? We just had our 33rd anniversary. Wow. And tell us about the rest of the family. So we have a 27-year-old daughter. She is the light of our life. She is a autistic behavioral therapist working in a center in Stewart. And I'll tell you, knowing her mom and knowing me, I have no idea where she gets the patience and the compassion that she has for these children that are, are so difficult and so desperate for some meaning in their life. And, and the parents that have to have some sense of relief from the challenges of raising severely autistic kids. But I'll tell you, she is a miracle. Wow. So did she go to school down here somewhere in the North County area? She did. She okay. did. She just got married uh, December 5th. And her husband, Tommy, we have a real problem with this because my whole family, my dad's name was Tom. Therefore, I was Tommy. Now we have another Tommy in the family and it's been fun, but he is a great guy. We could not be happier with our new son-in-law. Wow. Congratulations. So, Tom, I know that you as an individual in, in the company has been very involved in the community. You've been involved in some of the nonprofit organizations. Tell us about a few of the things that you've done over the years to make what we call, what I refer to as paradise. And that's why I do the podcast and call this business in paradise, because we get to live here. And this is such an awesome place. What have you been fortunate enough to be able to contribute back to the community? You're right, Carrie. The opportunity to not only live here, but to work and play here, it's truly a blessing. And I haven't traveled the world, but I've been to enough places to know that there are a few places that rival the quality of life that we have the opportunity to have here. And, you know, again, there's there's been a lot of things along the way that have gone my way and benefited me and my family. And I've always had this desire to somehow give back of, of my time, my expertise, and, and of course, some money. But there's a few that come to mind that have just always been near and dear to my heart. I'm the past president of the Quantum House down in West Palm Beach, which is a very special place that look, takes in families of critically ill children. And I'm still involved with Quantum House to this day. And more in tune with our local community, the Hope Sound Community Chest. And I've been on the board of the Hope Sound Community Chest for the last 10 years. And our mission is, is to look after those that need help within our community that don't otherwise have access to help. And the Hope Sound Community Chest raises funds through private and business partnerships 
helps uh, some of the nonprofits with their grant application process. And we are just now going through the grant distribution process for 2020. And we're going to give away $1.4 million to nonprofits located in the Hope Sound community. In one year? In, in one year. In Hope Sound? Yes, sir. How do they raise that much money, Tom? As I mentioned, it's a combination of the business and private sector. And if anybody knows this area, we all know about Jupiter Island. And Jupiter Island, the Hope Sound Community Chess was born out of the Jupiter Island community. And the Jupiter Island residents have an absolute passion and compassion, much like you and I just said, that the ability to live here and work here in in this environment, they've always been compelled to find ways to make sure that those that aren't as fortunate are looked after. And I'm just privileged that these folks uh, let me tag along on their board. Well, I learned something today because I had no idea that the Hope Sound Community Chest had that much of an impact. I'm fairly familiar with the Quantum House. My team and I have been down to the Quantum House. We fixed dinner for people. One of our team members here, his wife is uh, one of the leaders at uh, Quantum House, and Robbie Journey has been one of my longtime philanthropic mentors in the community. So it's such a wonderful organization to be part of the uh, Quantum House by St. Mary's Hospital in West Palm Beach, Florida. Tom, the time has just flown by. I'm going to ask you a series of kind of rapid fire type questions so that people can get a little bit of a flavor of what's in your head. So the first question I will ask you, is there a specific mentor in your life, one or more, that you think about and you just pops into the top of your head and you say, this person had a substantial impact on me and here's why? John Maxwell. John Maxwell has had a profound impact on me. When I first read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, I was like, wow. And John has not only been a mentor, but he's been a personal friend. I take care of his home. I've had the privilege to spend time with him and golf with him. I've read almost every book that he's written and I'm John Maxwell certified in the John Maxwell team. So this, that's the guy. All right. So that's a great mentor to have, especially down here, Tom, you could tell us your top two or three things that you and, and or Rhonda enjoy doing to spend your recreational time. Travel, fine dining and great wine. With the COVID area, certainly travel has been out of the picture. So we've been experimenting with uh, restaurants and and we we are both passionate about really good red wine and spending time with our daughter. She just moved back from Colorado when she got married and she was away for three and a half years. And that was three and a half years of torture. Right. I understand. How about golf, Tom? I think you left that one out. I do love to play golf, Carrie. I'm a member at Turtle Creek Country Club, and it is a great way to not only decompress, but also spend incredible time for four hours right next to a potential customer or existing customer. It's so nice to be able to bond with somebody and get to know them and do it in a manner where you're just having a good time and you're out there enjoying being in their company. Do you have a favorite business book? Aside from the Maxwell books, do you have a favorite? I do. I'm deep into Pat Lencioni's The Advantage. The Advantage. And I think Lencioni, is he also the five dysfunctions of team? That's right. So is there a major takeaway from The Advantage that you think our listeners should know? Understanding the dynamics of a team as it relates to your business objectives. Scott and I really have worked 
tirelessly and continue to work tirelessly to build a solid leadership team that can run our operations day to day so that we can do the things that we do best. And it really, to John Maxwell's point, everything, and I mean everything, rises and falls on leadership. So speaking along those lines, is there a business mantra or, you know, key phrase that you continually remind yourself or your team that you say, think about this as you're going through your day. And that's a tough one for me. For example, I believe the devil is in the details. And if I see something, then it doesn't look exactly right to me. I'll look at the person, then my team, and I'll say, where's the devil? And they'll just look back at me and roll their eyes. Uh, But they know exactly what I'm thinking. So if there is one, you will, I'll come back to it. You'll come back to us on that one. That's fine. Have you ever used a business coach, Tom? I have not. Okay. How about a mastermind group? Are you involved in any mastermind groups? I have. The probably most interesting mastermind I ever did was Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And it was wonderful. You actually had a Napoleon Hill group. We did. And that was down here. It was. Was there a Napoleon Hill company that was sponsoring these things or how? No. How did that work? It was a guy that I had met uh, through a referral who actually worked for Bob Proctor. And he was studying the book, Think and Grow Rich. And we literally did a page sometimes a week because the content in that book is so powerful and so deep. It's not a skim read by any means. It's a short book, but it's a powerful book. No. And in fact, I read that book when I was 17 years old and it inspired a lot of things that I do in my life. And shortly after reading the Napoleon Hill book, I also started listening to Earl Nightingale and the Nightingale Conant Company. And I just remember listening to The Strangest Secret, and it was probably a cassette tape that I would order from Nightingale Conant uh, Company, and it would come. And I just remember Earl Nightingale saying, you become what you think about. And I was like, that's been one of my mantras that I've carried all throughout my life. If you're going to be filled with negative thoughts, you're going to become a negative person. And the whole thing with uh, Napoleon Hill and surrounding yourself with other people who can be a sounding board and a board of advisors, I think is a, a wonderful way to run your business and also to run your life. Carrie, thoughts are things. And, you know, in terms of a mantra, I tell my team all the time in the spirit of Napoleon Hill, we're no more than three feet from the gold. No, <laughs> absolutely not. And a lot of people give up uh, right before they get there. So you just got to keep plowing ahead every single time. Tom, this has been a fascinating conversation. We've covered some really cool stuff about your business and what you do. I've seen the landscape uh, that uh, TCI Rood does all over Palm Beach County, that you do everything from uh, normal middle class type homes, but the specialization I know and a lot of the attention is towards the community projects and the higher end gated type communities. It's absolutely beautiful work. And I would compliment both you and Scott on the business that you've been able to build together. My guest has been Tom Balling. He's the president and managing partner of TCI Rood. And this has just been a very enjoyable conversation. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Business in Paradise podcast. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you for listening to the Business in Paradise Palm Beach podcast with Carrie Stamp, founder of Carrie Stamp and Company, Principal Wealth Advisors. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Commonwealth Financial Network. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Carrie Stamp & Company is located at 110 Bridge Road, Tequesta, Florida, 33469. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network member FINRA-SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Thank you.